Hey everyone, I'm Chris Hall and you're listening to the Downtime Podcast, where we delve deep into the gravity-based side of mountain biking. This week's episode is supported by Canyon, and we've got news about new bikes and a special offer for you lovely podcast listeners coming right up. Before we do that, don't forget that Downtime EP Issue 1 is out now, and the feedback that we've been receiving has been incredible. So a massive thank you to everyone who supported us in putting a high-quality, gravity-focused print project out into the market. Downtime EP is a biannual journal in collaboration with the awesome team at Misspent Summers, who learned their trade at Dirt Magazine and now produce amazing print like Hurley Burley, World Stage Book and plenty more. It takes inspiration from the guests and topics of the podcast, expands on them and takes them into a stunning print-only format. EP is the perfect companion for some quiet time away from the distractions of modern life. If you want a copy of Downtime EP1 in your life, then all you need to do is to head to downtimepodcast.com forward slash EP and you'll be able to save yourself £5 off the cover price with an annual subscription for just £20 plus postage. If you just want to grab issue one and take a look, then there's limited stocks available for £12.50 also at downtimepodcast.com forward slash EP. All the links you need are in the show notes for this episode over on downtimepodcast.com. Please make sure you're following the podcast on whatever platform you listen. There's probably going to be a button there that says follow or subscribe. So hit that now. It's free and it means you'll get every episode as soon as it drops. If you can't find the button, then you can head to downtimepodcast.com forward slash subscribe, where there's links to all the major platforms there to help you. All right. So this week, thanks to Canyon, I've had a chance to do something that I've wanted to do for ages. And that is to test a 29er versus a mullet versus a trail bike under fair conditions. As you'll know, I've been riding Canyon's 150mm do-it-all trail bike, the Spectral 29er, for the last month or so and absolutely loving it. But today, Canyon are launching a full family of Spectrals, which is going to be available in all three wheel size options, all featuring pretty much identical geometry, so there haven't been any compromises made in the engineering to make all three wheel sizes available. Canyon have kindly allowed this episode to go out a few hours ahead of the embargo on the bike's lifting so that you get your regular dose of the podcast on time. That means if you're listening to this early, then you're amongst the first people on the planet to find out about the bikes too. Canyon sent me over one bike in each wheel size, all with the same CF8 spec, which, by the way, seems like a bit of a bargain to me. And I pulled together a range of riders to test them, from an ex-elite downhill racer to a much less experienced rider with me kind of in the middle. We had two days on the bikes with the first day spent riding multiple tracks and focusing on feel and another day spent with timing equipment on just one track to see how they perform against the clock. Conditions were absolutely perfect and track conditions were consistent over the test. As you'll hear from the episode, we really enjoyed each of the bikes and found them super easy to get along with, which supports how I felt riding the 29er version of the Spectral over the last month. They really are very easy bikes to get to speed on and they're a ton of fun to ride. So if you're keen to get your hands on one of these awesome new Spectrals, then they are in stock as soon as the embargo lifts today. There's all three wheel sizes available. There's multiple spec levels and they have an aluminium frame, a carbon frame and the top end CFR spec carbon frame available. You can find all the details over at canyon.com. As a downtime listener, Canyon are kindly offering their bike guard system for free from now until midnight CET on the 16th of November on the new Spectral family, excluding the Spectral on and any outlet bikes. All you need to do is to use the code onefamily-anytrail-21. That's all uppercase, onefamily-anytrail-21. All the terms and conditions on this offer can be found in the show notes for this episode over on downtimepodcast.com forward slash wheelsize. A couple of quick thank yous before we get going with this episode. Big shout out to Ollie Morris from ProRide MTB Coaching for lending us the timing equipment. 
Thank you to Johnny and James for taking the time out of their weeks to come ride in and to share their thoughts with you all. And finally, a massive thanks to Jack and Jem from Canyon for making three bikes available when, as we all know, bikes and parts are in short supply. This turned out to be a super interesting test for me and I feel like we really got into the differences in the riding experience that each wheel size brings and the performance advantages and disadvantages that come along with each of those. I really hope you enjoy listening and if you're puzzling over which size you want to ride then I hope this episode helps in some way. All right so we are going to try and dig into the whole wheel size debate and we're going to try and get away from the marketing speak and we're going to get some feedback from uh, real riders i'm going to say real riders um so let's find out who those riders are there's three riders one who's raced downhill at an elite level uh one who rides a lot and is a i would say a mid-pack racer unfortunately that's me um and one who rides a little bit less and doesn't really race certainly on the gravity side of things but has been riding for a decent chunk of years so we'll just introduce the riders that aren't me. Johnny, we'll start with you. Just give us like a, I guess, a, a quick overview of your, how you'd position yourself as a rider. Um, uh, I think putting me as a professional racer probably is a bit of an overstatement these days. It was over 20 years ago. So I think things have moved on since then, but still an avid mountain biker. Um, I do the odd race here and there with, with you guys um but just a keen enthusiast and participant of the sport really yeah and i guess from our like regular riding group you would be the you're generally the quickest rider yeah. <laughs> look at the confidence I th- yes yeah I but, but, but there's, a, there's a marked difference between like riding quicker day to day and then being able to ride quickly under a race condition. I think the two are different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very I, true. I know how to do the latter. Yeah, okay. Which, Fair enough. Which is a bit different. Yeah, cool. James, what about you? Yeah, so probably been riding properly for around 12 to 15 years. Done some cross-country racing, but as you said, nothing on the gravity side. Uh, tend to mix up my riding between road and mountain biking, so probably do significantly less than you guys but very much enjoy what i do um most of my riding is in australia so trails are dry and dusty most of the time but uh yeah i guess interesting to come out with you guys and get nowhere near keeping up but to watch watch how it's done properly it's all good fun isn't it? it's all good fun and i guess point worth pointing out you're both sort of technically minded people johnny you like a good puzzle and you definitely follow the scene and the technology a lot yeah very much and i am a fan of the rabbit hole so <laughs> i will de- disappear off down some dark alley trying to figure something out be it on this or on a mountain bike or any aspect of life excellent and james you're a professional engineer by trade automotive background like myself yeah absolutely and always keen to uh, get my hands dirty and do the mechanical sides of the uh engineering as well so it's yeah really interesting to understand the impact of the geometry and and the technology on on how the bike rides yeah and what what uh what what is your current bike wheel size so 27 and a half front and rear front and rear about five inch travel so and how long have you been on that how long since you moved up from 26 uh that's about six years now okay cool johnny 
29 e-bike is my general day-to-day go-to. Mm-hmm. And I've been on 29-inch wheels since 2017. Did you go straight from 26 or did you do no, 275 for a 275. Yeah. Um, so my last bike was two, uh, 2015, yeah. 275. Okay. And I guess worth pointing out that w- all three of us are around that height window where certainly Fabian Burrell would say that we might benefit from being on a mixed wheel size bike, a mullet bike. Yes, uh, short legs. So that sort of, I don't know, what, would five, seven, five, eight? Yeah, yeah five, okay. nine, but yeah. Okay. 173 centimetres for those using real money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, like it. So we're in that, yeah, we're in that ballpark where we've kind of, we can get away with any of those three wheel sizes really yeah um, they're all options yeah yeah definitely on your current 29 johnny do you have any do you, do you find you ever get kind of asked to rear wheel stuff going on or? um only occasionally uh it depends on some of the riding i'm doing i think on my non-e-bike i generally ride that in uh, different locations yeah where the likelihood of that happening is higher. Whereas my local riding spot is, I know it, the chances of me getting a tire buzz on, on my backside there are slim to none. To okay. Honest, so. Yeah. Fair enough. So let's talk about the setup for the test. We are all on the brand new 2022 Canyon Spectral. So it's 150 rear, 160 front. Uh, we're all on a medium, which is convenient. And the plan was that they would all be the same build, but this is 2021 and supply chain issues are real. Um, so we have got a few mismatches, I guess, that we should disclose before we go too far. So the I think the biggest one and the one that's most likely to have some impact on the results, although I suspect it, it would be very minimal, if at all, is that the mullet has an Asagai 2.5 front tire and the rest of the bikes are running DHR 2.4. Uh all the bikes are on max terror front and rear. So we've got the same compound, same casing, all of that, but we do have a little bit more volume and a slightly different tread pattern, which may play into things. So if we feel that's the case, we might do a quick tire swap between the 29er and the Askai, but unfortunately we couldn't get another DHR um, to put on that. The mullet as a bike from Canyon will come with a coil shock. I believe we've swapped it to an air shock for this test, um, but we only had access to a DPX two and the other two bikes were on a float X um so we, i've been out and done a bit of back-to-back to just try and get to a point where we have kind of settings that we feel translate between the two shocks as much as possible and that i personally didn't feel anything too different on the trail today i don't know if anyone else i thought they were all had a pretty similar feel to them actually yeah so i think i think we've got that pretty good um the mullet's got slx cranks and cassette and an alley bar rather than the car bar on the other bikes but I suspect that will have zero impact on what we're doing here. Um, so broadly speaking, we've got three bikes, uh, one in 275 front and rear, one in 29 front and rear, and one in mullet. And Canyon have done some pretty clever engineering magic to kind of get the bikes to be optimized for each of those different wheel size setups um, with just a 29-inch front triangle and a 275 rear end that they then kind of match up to make the the mullet or put together to make the 29 and 275 bikes. Um, so actually the geometry shakes out pretty close. So in, in a lot of other sort of mullet testing that I've seen, 
there's been some compromises where people have like the bottom brackets been dropped when they put a 275 rear wheel in the back or the head angles slackened or they've had to put some weird spaces to bring the bike back up but we're in this lucky position where we've got three bikes that are broadly speaking very similar from a geometry so 64 and a half degree head angle the bottom bracket drop is the same the wheelbase is pretty close i think the biggest difference in geo is the rear end on the two seven well the 275 rear end is five mil shorter than the 29 rear end um so both the mullet and the 275 will be five mil shorter chain stays um so yeah i've been puzzling in my head around how the engineers have made this work i think it's they've, they've got a slightly longer seat stay on the 275 rear end to kind of pull the geometry back to where you want it i need to check but i think that's how they've done it anyway either way it's really clever and all three bikes um yeah are optimized ready to go and very comparable i think more so than most other kind of mullet bike testing i've seen so think we're in a pretty good place um to start off with um so yeah we've left everything as standard kind of as the bikes come out of the box so we haven't started trimming bars and messing with spaces we've just put a a decent bass tune that works for us on the bikes i think we've all got a slight preference on kind of bar roll and um brake lever height that we've been dialing in as we've you know hop between bikes just to make sure that we're super comfortable on them uh but broadly speaking the bikes are kind of the same um and then for the testing we're at the forest of dean which uh has got a variety of short tracks to test on all of which are pretty close to the car park which is cool if we need to go back and sort anything out um and we're here for two days we've just finished the first day and the first day has been spent basically just going riding and we've done kind of two runs each down different trails on each of the bikes to try and home in on the trail that we want to test timing wise on to get a really good feel for the bikes to start building in our head how we feel about them and to get some comparisons without seeing any timing data and then we've just gone and put the timing kit on the hill for the last couple of runs of the day just to shake it down and make sure we know it works for full day of timing tomorrow so we're going to start um and just have a little bit of a chat about the bikes um well johnny something you mentioned that i've also found just give us your like initial impression of riding the bike because you had the 29er last week for a, a day before we came here to just get get your head around it yeah so it was as i said my go-to bike on a day-to-day basis is a 29er e-bike and coming to the canyon which you know straight out of the box it comes in it was light uh and noticeably light and i found the first time out all my braking points were off i was <laughs> coming into a corner and pootling around it because i'd i'd braked as if i was on the e-bike which is uh, considerably heavier other than that though it was I found it very easy to get on with. It was very easy to get a bass tune. And then today it's been um, even flicking between the different bikes. And I think my not concern that I had was that, but maybe um, something that wouldn't be as good would be hopping back on the 275 because I was, you know, I've not ridden one in a long time. And you have this idea in your head now that they're, are they inferior because everyone's moved on 
And it wasn't the case. It was um, kind of business as usual. Yes, it had a different feel, but I think as we were saying today, the the last time I rode 275 was on a, a bike from geometry from 2015. And the geometry's moved on as probably more than the wheel size. So today we're on three bikes with really modern yeah, it's a 460 reach. Like, it's a fairly progressive bike in that respect. The rear end's kind of fairly short in the grand scheme, but maybe that helps things. And it was, it had a very different feel than the two others, but it was great. It was a really good bike still. It's, yeah. You know, wasn't the wheel, you know, wasn't the wheel size wasn't holding it, but holding it back. Yeah, very easy to swap between bikes. Well, we'll find out if the wheel size is holding you back tomorrow when we get the timing yeah. out on the hill. <laughs> James, what about you? So you've come from riding a 275 bike. What was this? This wasn't your first ride on a 29er, was it? No, I've ridden a couple of 29ers, uh, e-bikes and um, regular, but I started on the 275 today. Um, but all three bikes were very easy just to jump on and ride. I didn't find any of them sort of dramatically different to what I was expecting, um, which was great uh, and sort of clearly related. I mean, you know, obviously the geometry is pretty similar. Um, it, noticeable differences between the three, um, even for my sort of relatively low skill level, it was still a very different experience, particularly jumping from the 27.5 to the 29 or vice versa uh, with the mullet bike. Yeah, definitely being a compromise somewhere in the middle, but uh the 27.5 was busy. There was a lot going on there, um, whereas the 29 felt like it was doing a lot more for you. It was, yeah, you point it in the right direction roughly and it would certainly sort out uh, more of the issues for you. But all of them felt quite natural, um, not, yeah, you, you felt naturally in the right position. I did find myself running, rubbing my backside on the, on the wheel a couple of times on the 29er. Okay. Uh, on the steeper shoots, probably because I'm not used to riding a 29. It's something I've, you know, not been that uh, close to before. Uh, didn't find that on the other two bikes. So, so, um, that was, that was one noticeable difference. Yeah. Did you find it hard to get to grips with the, with a 29 wheel? Cause it does take a little bit more kind of, manhandling I guess a little bit but really it was only the really tight stuff that I, I felt there was anything that noticeably needed some more energy putting into the bike to get it round um, you know on the sort of bigger radius turns really wasn't an issue at all and, and even you know getting tighter wasn't too bad and no, nothing that felt was holding me back um probably made you focus a little bit on getting the line choice right. You know, you, you have on the tide stuff, you know, just trying to widen that turn as much as possible. But, uh, yeah, certainly nothing that held me back. And probably the most enabling bike, I would say, today for me, you know, um, was the 29er, just mm -hmm. because it was just that little bit more stable, I would say. Yeah. Did you have um? Did you have more fun on one bike than the others? Um, <laughs> enjoyed all three. Um, I think if you're fresh and yeah, know the trails well, I, I'd probably head towards the smaller wheels and, uh -huh. and yeah, 
the mullet bike was probably a great compromise. The, the 29er was uh, a more reassuring ride, but not as fun, probably, ultimately. Okay, interesting. Interesting. And which of the three bikes do you feel that you'll be able to go the quickest on? Probably the 29er, I would say. It, just from the stability perspective, it just felt like I could let it go a bit more. Yeah. And feel felt like I could collect it all up if it was starting to get out of control. Um, as I said, the 27.5 bike was just busier. The mullet bike was definitely somewhere in between. Um, noticed the, the rear wheel difference on the mullet bike. It definitely tracked better around the, the, the turns. You know, you could feel that smaller rear wheel wanting to, to follow the front more quickly. Yeah. Um, so that was good, but um, yeah, I'd say the twenty nine have just felt quicker to me. Okay, interesting, interesting. Johnny, you started the day on the twenty nine, didn't you? Yeah, we did a couple of runs on that, and then you switched over to the mullet, and you had quite a big grin on your face at the bottom of the first run. Yeah, I did. It was it was fun. It as I said, you know, I'm used to the twenty nine wheels, and this was my first time ever on a mullet, and yeah, I did have a bit of a grin because I had, yeah, I could, I, you know, I, I could quite happily put the bike where I wanted to. You know, I was trying to explain it later as to why I thought that was. And I described it as f- f- feeling like I was slightly more in the bike. Mm-hmm. And we we went then went down a rabbit hole of centripetal forces and why that might be. Um, but it did feel as if I was, um, it's hard to put, uh, hard to put into words really, but it did feel like I was slightly more in the bike, slightly, uh, in a position that I was more comfortable with relative to the, the overall center of gravity of the bike, maybe. Um, and I could just move it around, but then at the, you know, having then moved back onto the 29 or later, I was then consciously thinking about, well, is, is that, is that, is it that I'm in a different position or was it just me being overly zealous about riding something new? Yeah. And then I got back on 29 and I was like, yeah, this is still really quick, you know, and it does reward a slightly different riding style. Um, and once you kind of get into that riding style, it's, you know, it was still, it was fast. Yeah. And I still really liked riding it and I'd, I come to the 29er after them being on the 275, which was, um, as James said, busy and it was a bit rowdy. And, you know, I'm a bit like, whoa, yeah, whoa, yeah, I'm here, I'm in the corner, yeah. Uh, you know, and but I remember riding down the track uh, and thinking to myself, I wish I was there. I wish I was there. And then the next run on the 29er, I was, yeah, I'm exactly where I want to be. I'm exactly where I want to be. I'm exactly where I want to be. Yeah. And I guess it's going to be interesting to see. So towards the end of the day, we did some repeat runs on the same track and it's going to be interesting to see if that was just part of the learning process of learning the track or whether it's the ability or the ease with which the bike allows you to place it on the trail or move it from one line to another. And I, I think tomorrow we'll see more of that as we're familiar with the trail and we just ride it over and over and, and, and get some time in with it. Because I know, I definitely know for that trail now where where I want to be to to be the quickest, mm-hmm. and I know on the twenty nine that I I can get into those spots very easily. 
So it'll be interesting to see whether I can actually do the same on the 275. Yeah. But I'm also really interested to see what where the, the mullet bite sits within that. So, yeah, I'm quite interested because I didn't put a, a run this afternoon against the clock on the mullet because yeah. I couldn't get it out of your hands. <laughs> so <laughs> to throw it back to you, what did you think? Well, so I started on the mullet, which is the one I've spent a bit of time on coming into this. Well, I rode the 275 as well. Um, I like the mullet. I put a massive smile on my face the first time I rode it. And um, I've been trying to work out why that is. Because you've ridden mullet. I have ridden mullet before, but it, it was um it was a, a very much a bodge mullet, I guess, like just putting a two seven five wheel in the back so head angles slackened out, which we sort of tried to, to sort out a little bit with changing some stuff on the fork, bottom brackets lower. So it was it was a, wasn't a mullet as a you know, designed to be a mullet from the ground up kind of thing. It was just a bit of an experiment. And I, I enjoyed that and I and some of the elements of that are definitely present in this bike. So there's a couple of things I think that make me like it it feels eager to turn and i and i i'm not i think there's part of that is the smaller rear wheel like you say james it kind of it 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 wants to follow the the bigger front wheel in an easy manner part of me thinks it's grip related in that you've got the larger contact patch on the front smaller contact patch on the rear and so i don't ever feel like i'm worried about front end grip so I feel like I can really push into the bike and it's the, if anything's going to go, it's the back and that doesn't really worry so me. So like an understeer versus oversteer. Yeah, I feel like it'll oversteer, which I'm okay with. I don't like the front end wandering. <laughs> I like, don't think anyone uh, does. No, <laughs> you want it to go where you point it, right? Um, so I really like, I really like that. Um, and that, and I think I said to you, like, I've sort of imagined myself, I imagine watching myself ride the, my rider 29er and it's not that pretty. And the way I felt riding the mullet, the video in my head of what I looked like (laughs) was like, and it clearly isn't, but it was like Cade Edwards, Chaos Seagrave kind of vibe. Flames. Yeah, 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 flames coming out the back. Like it was just some kind of mad shredder. Because I could just, I just felt like it wanted to like nail turns. And it's it's really easy to kind of manual and to pull the front wheel out of stuff. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think part of that is that it's got a slightly, sh- it's a five mil shorter rear end, but it's still the, the same front center as the 29, I think, plus minus a little bit when everything shakes out, I think it'd be the same. So actually your weight is going to be subtly more rearward biased. So the the combination of smaller wheel, shorter chain stay, and slightly more rearward weight bias just means it does hashtag loves back wheel. Yeah. Um, so you're saying on the 29ers you have a problem getting it up <laughs> I like what you've done um, <laughs> yeah I find them they're harder to manual right they're harder to pull the front end up uh, on a trail and yeah they're, they're more cu- like cumbersome maybe in a way uh, and I think f- because of our relative sizes it's you know it is it's, it is harder to do yeah, yeah. whereas for taller riders you know you know i've seen some people manual and wheelie 2029 as if they're bmx's and yeah i'm like i can maybe do that on a 275 but on a 29 i've you know the force needed to to bring the front wheel up as always and even today you you mentioned try wheeling it yeah the the mullet versus the 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 29er yeah and it's um you know 
different it just, different it just pops up yeah it's yeah. super easy to do yeah and i think um it just feels playful and that puts you in a positive kind of mental state like you feel good on the bike and as a result you feel confident and i'm going to be really interested to see how that shakes out in times because i'm not still not convinced that's going to necessarily make it faster but it definitely feels fast and feels playful and feels fun and then the 275 I think we've all had this like maybe less so for you James because you ride one more regularly but like sitting on that and obviously the we were switching bikes generally at the bottom of the hill and then you've got the pedal up it just I was sitting on it the first time I rode it thinking I'm not looking forward to riding this down a hill I don't know what it is but like you feel like you're perched on top of that front wheel, even though the head angle's the same, the cockpit's the same, the reach is the same. It felt shorter when you're pedaling up. And I think that's just because the, the front wheel just feels that much closer when you look at it and you feel like you're perched on top. We were calling it the kid's bike yeah, yeah. today. But as soon as you drop into the trail, I mean, yeah, it's a bit more busy, but it's still, you can st- like, I didn't, I was never worried on it. I never felt out of control, particularly like any trail that I could ride on the 29 or the mullet. I feel like I could happily ride down on the 275. And I don't think there's going to be a huge difference in, in the times. Like, I think like you say, Johnny, the progression in geometry is probably more significant than the change in wheel size. So I was expecting to, to have a dated feel. Yeah. And it, it really didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was fun and I could see it. I can see it having a place for certain riders for sure. And a certain style of trail and a style of riding that would see yeah. that bike. It might not be my choice necessarily. I don't think, but, and again, I think we all said today, if that was the bike you were, you were given and you had no other choice, you'd be really happy. Oh, yeah. And there was, you know, one of the other trails we rode today with the, like the tight gully, mm-hmm. I felt the 27, uh, 275 was so quick down there because it was you know it was quite nimble and you could really throw it in and around and you know yeah admittedly we it was the first run we did and i did it on the 29er but it you know it was it it felt quicker down that trail so it's you know it's different horses for different courses as well there's there's always going to be a trail that you could find where one specific bike and setup is going to be quicker but you know i guess part of the reason we're here talking is it's that qualitative versus quantitative yeah aspect 100 percent. and then sort of laterally i went from the 275 to the 29 and that's like i think we've again all said the most obvious uh difference and it just felt the word i chose was muted like it felt like it turned down the volume of the trail like the level of rowdiness dropped i don't know where the speed was and it'll be interesting to see that on the clock tomorrow but yeah, it just felt calm, sort of quite, almost quieter, <laughs> not, not zen-like, but like it was just, yeah, it just turned everything down. So I guess... Whether again, that means it's efficient or not, I don't know. Well, That's yeah, really, true. Yeah. And also where you ride, right? So mm. if you ride regularly on trails that aren't particularly rough or demanding, then do you want a bike that makes them even easier and like yeah. even more muted? I don't know. But and this was interesting i don't feel when i switch i i feel this the my perception of speed is not very good i think this came out in the the coaching i did with ollie and i don't know when to break for turns and that's probably part of it but um like 
I my my perception of speed comes from how the bike feels underneath me and not actually how fast I'm going. And I so I I perceive whether I'm going quick or not based on kind of on the yeah on the level of drama yeah that's a, that's exactly it right and then you Johnny I think towards the end of the day you'd done a run on the two seven five or the mullet I can't remember then you two seven five then you hopped on the twenty nine and you were like man that's quick like you knew even though that it the bike was maybe calmer turning yeah, down that yeah. volume you could feel you had that perception of speed that you knew that was a fast run and we had the time and actually we were testing it and it was quite a bit quicker significantly quicker yeah yeah um yeah it's just how different people do different things i guess it's it's i guess it's you know trying to put it into words No, I don't think I can. Really, <laughs> Is it part of the racing element? Though? You, know, it, you are used to. It might you be know, really looking to squeeze out every. And and some of it is your. Well, actually, we did three runs. So we did one. I did two on the two seven five, and the first one we we done a couple of runs on the track. And the first one, I thought I put down a, a, a reasonable run. The second one, we pushed back up, and I. And, all of a sudden looking at lines, which I guess I used to do when I was racing and I don't do any more. And consequently I put in a much slower run and made a load of mistakes <laughs> because I was overthinking things. Then we swapped bikes and then I did the, the one on the 29er. And with the, as I said earlier, I was a, on the 275, I'd always be wishing I was somewhere else on the tra- trail, whereas on the 29er, I had felt like I had the time and the composure to be where I wanted to be mm. and to ride the lines that I knew would be the most rewarding to that bike. Yeah. So for, you know, 29ers, you know, you get the most out of those when you can set up four corners and use the grip that they give you to carry the speed around a corner and then that sets you up nicely for the next corner and it's like this this knock-on effect whereas on the 275 you know i was in the wrong place and that led to me being in the wrong place again and you know having to uh, uh, overhandle the bike to compensate for the mistakes that i was making yeah so it was um in terms of how that relates to you know your your feeling for speed it's yeah i just you know i i did a run where I hit the lines and I knew where that I'd put the bike in the right places. So I knew it was going to be quick. Kind of yeah. Thing. Well, let's hope you can repeat that. Well, where does it, yeah. Where does the mullet? A good few times tomorrow. Yeah. So go on then. The, the question to you, which bike did you have more fun on today? Well, I, I didn't, I, I would like to have done another run on the mullet because you know, I think we got familiar enough with that trail to, to, we knew where we were going and rather than worrying about where the trail was going, we, we could concentrate on how we were riding the trail mm-hmm. and, and also then have the mental bandwidth to be like, well, how does this bike feel versus the other bike? And so I had not got to that point on the mullet. So I don't okay. yet know as to whether it will be, it will be marginal for me. I think it will be marginal between the two. Be, uh, between 29 and mullet. Yeah, I will be slower on the 275. I'm putting that down now. It's simply because of the rowdiness and the... the, the I, la- I lacked the ability all day to put the bike where I needed to put it. I reckon you can write out the certificate for the 275 being the quickest tomorrow. Now he said that. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
I don't know if I'm, if I'm completely wrong on it and, you know, then so be it. But I, I guess that's my judgment based on what we did today. Yeah. So you, you still think the mullet and the 29er could be close? Yeah. I'd like to put down that kind of um, like race style run on a mullet to see um, where it will be and, and also to, to feel what that bike is like under those conditions. Can yeah. I put that bike where I think it needs to be as easy as I know I can put the 29er or because of that wheel size, does it present me with some other options as to how I can ride that track? Yeah. Because of the 29, you know, you know you've got, it's nice. You set up wide, you go around, you go around the corner. Whereas, you know, you, uh, that's what I know to be the quickest for that bike. Whereas with the mullet, maybe there's something else you can do. Some yeah. tighter lines. Or- some tighter lines. You yeah. can be a bit more, you know, aggressive, you can change it a bit more. So yeah, maybe. Okay. Interesting. James, talk a little bit about um, some of the non-descending aspects of the bikes. So climbing yeah, um, it was and general fatigue. Climbing back up um, the fire trails that the 27.5 definitely wanted to lift its front end more. Um, you know, you had to work harder to keep the nose down. Mullet and the 29, you know, didn't have that problem. That was you could just sit there and <laughs> grind, you know, it was not a, um, a problem on those bikes. Pedaling efficiency, the 29er felt more efficient, you know, on sort of gentle uphill or flat. It was definitely, it was just rolling, you know. Um, the smaller stuff you just don't notice um, straight through. So, yeah, having said that, you know, 27.5 was no problem though. It was, uh, it was just a little bit more lively generally. Yeah. What about fatigue, Johnny? I think you talked a little bit about this while we were out. Like, yeah, for an all-day bike, it felt harder on the. It felt like the two seven five was um, undergeared, like I was pushing a harder gear, whereas in fact it it wasn't. Yeah, it's a lower gear because you've got the smaller wheel, even with the same size cassette. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, it was. It just felt slightly harder work mm-hmm. for me. But then you know, I'm not maybe in the fittest condition. An e-bike rider. E-bike rider. <laughs> Um, what about like on the descending side of things though? Cause it, I mean that, that level of muting, even beyond, even from the mullet, I think it's the, the 29 er is a quieter, more muted bike to ride. That's got to make general fatigue levels improve, I guess, which is why you see a lot of riders still on full 29 at EWS. It's what, what you want a bike to do and what you want it for. If you're out having fun and you choose the bike, that's the most fun. If you're, you know, more a professional racer, then you want the bike that's going to give you the highest probability of putting down those consistent runs all throughout the day, mm-hmm. even to the point when you're fatigued and it's the one that's the most forgiving. So yeah. If you make that mistake, you're going to yeah have more of a chance of surviving it. Yeah. I was, I think I commented at the end, you know, we did a, a, a trail we'd not done before. And so we were riding it blind and you know, a couple of, couple of drops, a couple of jumps. And at the end, I was like, I'm quite glad I was on the 29er for that because I think I probably got away with some things because of the wheel size and, and its calmness. Interesting. So if you were in a position to be buying a new bike and you were choosing between these three, would either of you be willing to put your money down now? Or do you want to see the data from tomorrow? I think I could choose between the mullet and the 29er at the, this point. I think it's 
going to be really interesting to see what the times do. Do you um, care about the times? For me personally, no, but there's a balance between the sort of nimbleness of the, the mullet and the 27.5 versus the, you know, the security <laughs> of the 29er, if you like. And I wonder if the 29 is too far. I think the 27.5 probably too rowdy. So that mullet compromise could be where it's at. I think the, you know, riding tomorrow will be really interesting because we're going to be focusing on the same trail. You know, learning the trail is not going to be, uh, you know, a particularly deciding factor tomorrow. So, yeah, it would be really interesting just to see confidence levels, you know, from, from my side of the biggest thing, you know, when, a, a, you know, which bike gives me the biggest confidence just to let it go and, yeah. and, and trust it. So if you felt more confident on the bike that was slowest tomorrow, would you still buy that bike? For me, I think I would because I'm yeah. Yeah, not a gravity racer at this stage. But, um, yeah, it, it's an so interesting it's comparison. It's about having a bike that you feel good on, that sort of flatters you, that helps you feel solid and confident on the trail more than the ultimate speed. Gives me flames. That yeah. gives you flames. <laughs> gives you the Cade Edwards, Chaos Seagrave vibe. Absolutely. All right, sweet. Johnny, what about you? Would you put your money down yet? No, definitely not. I'd, okay. I want to see the data tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but it's partly who I am, I think. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you are, might be the same. Um, but even the smile that you had on your face after you rode that mullet the first couple of times. Yeah, but... What, like, uh, yeah. if the 29er turns out to be faster than it, which one... Depends by how much. Okay. And the fact that I'm not, you know no aspirations of being a professional. I was going to say you're not really racing a huge amount these days, the occasional little dabble and steel city victory, but just a dabble here and there and yeah. do it for a bit of fun. So I'd be more inclined to pick the bike I'm having the most fun on, but, n- but not at a huge expense of speed. Like if I was, let's say a second and a half slower on the mm-hmm. mullet, then I'd cut, that would give me cause for cause for not, like uh, for a deliberation, I guess. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Um, and y- you know, some of it is, you know, here we are, we're here trying to do something specific. Um, and we're going to use time as a, as a factor. Whereas some, t- you know, when maybe when we're riding as a group, we're not riding down the trail to be the quickest. We're trying to get the most fun out of a trail. So, m- you know, what bike will that be? Yeah. Uh, you know, um, you know, and I might do that at some point tomorrow is try and run, run down the trail and, you know, what's the most, well, I know, I know what, how, how the 29er feels. It feels yeah. similar to my other bikes. Um, but, you know, how does the mother feel? Is it, is it, is it more fun? Is it a party out back? Mm. Um, well, you know, we'll, we'll find out. And there's, there's, I guess this sort of talk of, we've talked about fun and speed being kind of two separate goals. But actually, for a lot of people, speed is part of the fun equation, right? Like there's a number of things that make riding fun, and going fast is definitely one of them for a lot of people. So I guess it's how you see that relationship. Even as a non-racer, it's still important to me, but it's not as important, I'd say. You know, it's probably, if you're going to weight each uh, variable, you know, it, it would carry less, but it's still important. Yeah, you know, and I guess, class, no. I guess it, it depends where your perception of speed comes from. To some extent, like we were saying earlier, you, you, Johnny, I think are quite good at knowing how fast you're actually going, whereas I'm basing my opinion of how fast I'm going on what the bike's doing. So for me, I felt quick on all three bikes, but I think the, the times will shake out and say that that's not the case. 
but actually I'm getting the same amount of speed-based fun from all of the bikes in a way, I think, because I feel similarly quick on all of them, really, if that makes sense. Yeah. But if that, if that was the case for me, I'd get the 275 because, as I said earlier, I was like, whoa, yeah, ooh, poof, you know, hitting corners, squaring things off. And, you know, it was, but it was, you know, obviously that was harder work. Yeah. But, you know, I while you know, the thought occurred to me whilst you guys were just having that conversation is, you know, say if I was racing or, or doing an EWS, is, is it, you know, say the 29er might be the one that's going to get me round a loop in the best shape. Yeah. But do I want to be approaching each run being like, well, I love this bike. It's, you know, it's so much fun. And that's what's going to lead to the consistently better times. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it's the type of racing you're doing. If you're racing blind or and having to improvise a lot as opposed to ride, some, ride something that you know exactly what you're doing, mm-hmm. it, maybe it's the bike that is slightly more nimble, slightly more fun, that's the one that works better for you. But like we said earlier, it's, it's knowing yourself and knowing what type of bike you is going to work for you and then yeah. knowing who you are, you know, we're geeks, <laughs> slightly obsessed with data. Um, so, you know, we, we like that aspect of yeah, yeah. puzzling over it. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm, I'm intrigued to see where the times flush out for me tomorrow. I think I'll be slower on the 275. Would, would so to throw that the question you asked us back at you, would yeah, yeah. you put your money down now? Um, I think I would, but I would still really like to see the data. You'd buy the mullet. I'd buy the mullet at this point in time because it, I, best of both worlds. Cause you, cause you, <laughs> you, the you, out back. you were giggling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you know, the first road ride I went on my e-bike, I giggled for an hour. Yeah. And what's, you know, it's you like, can't buy that. Can you, you can't buy yeah, that. Yeah. And you know, that first run I did on, on the mullet today, you know, I, I was, you know, yeah, had yeah. a giggle at yeah. the bottom and, I'd not, you know, I'd not had that on the, on the other two. Yeah. Yeah. True. I think for me, I'm a rider that I'm easy. My confidence is easily knocked. Certainly when I'm at a race, my confidence is very easily knocked. And so my, this, I've had this debate in my head, like even if the 29er was faster than the mullet, would I actually be able to perform better more consistently on the mullet because it flatters me. It makes me feel good. Because you think you're. Yeah. So even if, yeah. So even if, even if I'm like, let's say it's a second a minute slower than the 29er. Am I actually going to make two to three seconds a minute up by the fact that I feel good on the bike and I'm not, yeah, I'm not mentally like questioning, worrying, feeling slow that I press on and I'm more aggressive and I ride better. So for me, I think I, again, it's going to come down to, I could potentially be swayed. Could I be swayed by the data? I don't know. <laughs> Cause I still ultimately occasionally go to a race and it's always nice to do the, your best. Yeah. And if you know that this bike's a second a minute quicker than that one or two seconds a minute, it's going to depend how close they are. I think. Well, yeah. And if you're say top of Bolby bash and you're on the 29er and you're, you're like, well, I know this bike is one second a minute quicker than the mullet and you're like, and does that then put the pressure on you to be like, well, I, this is the quickest bike. I'm on the quickest bike. 
or does it breed confidence because you know you're in the quickest yeah. possible setup you can have? Or like, you're, you're on the mullet and you're like, <laughs> where are the flames? Yeah. I'm going down this on the back wheel. It's going to be fun. Yeah, and, I don't know. And, you know, who knows? Like, it's, you, know, when it's, you know, you don't know what you would do in any situation. You only know what you, you, what you have on that day mm. to do that job. But it's, it's, I guess it's the, for you, it's the general mindset that gives you the highest level of confidence to, to, to put out your back. Yeah, for sure. And I think to some extent it has to come down to where you spend a lot of time riding and what those trails are like. Because if you're in the big mountains, you're doing huge days, it's super rough and gnarly. 29 the 29er is going to get you through it, right? It's yeah. going to be it's going to be quick. It's going to be calm underneath you. It's going to let you get away with stuff and it's going to reduce fatigue over a long day. If you're riding bike parks all the time, you're smashing like smooth groom trails and you like ripping round turns, 275 probably. Like if you may be somewhere in between, like the, my local trails, the mullet was just incredible. Like it just, cause it's smooth, sort of quite almost bike parky turns, but with some rough rooty stuff in between. And it really suited that bike well. Um, yeah, I don't know. We have, um, in the UK, we have a lot of awkward tra- trails. Yeah. Know, yeah. If, especially the, a lot of the natural stuff that you ride, it can be, you know, a bit janky or, you know, tight switchbacks and yeah. And, and things like that whereas you know we've done some rides in the peaks and you know there, there can be that mix of really tight steep awkward stuff or just pelting down some track full of boulders yeah. so you know there I, I couldn't i couldn't say what beat would you you know certain aspect you want the 29 yeah, and yeah. another aspect maybe you want the mullet or the yeah. 275 it's yeah, it's true. I took the I took the mullet and the two seven five because I had them this week. I took them to Stainburn, which is near me, um, and there's some some pretty steep trails on the far side of the road over there. And there's a one section with a couple of tight, steep turns that are, that are quite challenging, I guess. And the two seven five bike was was noticeably easier to get round those turns. They're not like endo turns; you can ride them. Yeah, you have to set up well, but you're kind of on the brakes pretty heavy, and it's quite tight. Um, it was easier to get that around those turns in the mullet, but like, I mean, that didn't make the run any, I didn't enjoy it anymore. They're the sort of turns that aren't, they're never, they're not not fun turns. Yeah. They're just turns that you have to get around to get down the trail. You're not like, why you've gone to the trail. Yeah. Yeah. There's better bits of that trail for me personally, I guess. So like I, would I get a bike that, I feel maybe has compromises on 90% of my riding to solve issues on 10%. No, I wouldn't. So yeah, I think, I think people need to be honest about what riding it is they're doing as well and what their local trails are like. And then I guess maybe that, that the mullet thing is this balance of a best of both worlds, but it's com- it's also compromised in both directions. So it's nice having that option that a brand has actually produced a, well thought out design and it comes in the three options as opposed to you know being you know either a bodge or yeah, yeah. you know or you've got to then comp- you know figure out well I want to, if I want a 29er it might have to be this brand or if it's a mullet it might have to be this brand so here you've actually got them all presented to you and yes yeah, and we're lucky enough to be riding all three today and and all three are very convincing yeah yeah, yeah, that's the challenge. They are all good. What um, if, let's just get a little outside thought. If you were coming into this and you didn't have the opportunity to ride these three different bikes, but you knew you were going to buy a Spectral, 
would you which one would you have chosen james out of the three t75 mullet or 29 like without having the opportunity to ride just out of interest probably mullet because marketing hype or uh, a little bit of that yeah but probably the thought that it is the best compromise okay um i'm coming off a 27.5 you know unlikely to go for that again the 29 is i have ridden i have enjoyed but yeah. they don't have that nimbleness so okay you know probably okay the mullet would be the, the one i would go into yeah if i had you know just to pick one there okay johnny what about you puzzling over there i can see <laughs> your brain turning i don't know if i'm honest okay um i'm not sure i would have could have committed to to buying a mullet having not ridden once it without ridden it because before i bought a 29 i'd I'd had a go on one. Yeah. In a proper go on one. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I like this. So without riding one, I don't know if I could have committed to one. So maybe I'd have just bought the 29. That suggests to me though that you can't, you're pretty, you, you sort of wanted, you're very intrigued by the mullet. Oh yeah. Like, you know, I feel as if I've not ridden it enough today. Um, and I want to, like I said already, I want to kind of put it through its paces like properly. Yeah. Um, so I'm intrigued and I'm intrigued, I'm intrigued on the data side of it, but like, would I have bought one on spec? Probably not. No. Okay. Fair play. And it doesn't have a motor. But well, I know you're a bit addicted to e-bikes. <laughs> Fair enough. They're pretty fun. Um, talk us through the track that we're going to ride tomorrow, James, from your perspective, and then we'll get Johnny's thoughts on it. Yeah. So quite rooty, pretty typical, uh, here, but and steeper at the top, but opens out. So it's a good mix of corners, I think. Um, nothing super tight, but some, you know, medium and, and larger radius turns there. Um, some rougher braking areas, which definitely I noticed today. You know, on the twenty nine, they were much easier to, <laughs> to you know control the direction you wanted to head in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's a good it's a good track to. Short and sharp, but um, you know, a good variety to be able to compare the different strengths of the the three geometries. Yeah, Johnny, or anything you'd add to that? Um, I think I'd pretty much largely agree with James. It's um, there was there was some nice variations in speed. So there was um, uh, slow to fast, fast to slow. Yeah, there's some big braking zones on pretty rough, routey. Exactly, and compared with some of the others which were a bit like a spaghetti junction and I, you know I, I don't think we'd have been able to put down a consistent run on those simply because we'd have ended up on all on different lines yeah, all the time yeah. however there was enough variation in the track to, to reward different line choices yeah off within the main yeah line. yeah yeah, yeah. so it, not strava lines but yes exactly yeah. not strava lines but you know if, if i set up here i can come up like wide for this turn and as a result, it, that gives you the variation for the bikes because some bikes allow you to do these different things. So yeah. I think it was, I think we all pretty much settled on that would be the best track to use. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's good. Like, and some supported corners, some not supported corners, some routes, the little bit jumps here and there and some hard, hard lines to get onto, some not so hard. So yeah, I, th I think it's for, for the length, it's a, it's a, it encompasses enough to, separate the bikes yeah i guess there's no there's nothing where you're really having to move the bike up 
underneath you and absorb, which can be an issue for yeah. wheel taps on a 29. There's nothing super steep where you're really needing to get off the back, which again could be a challenge on a 29. So there's a couple of things there that are missing, but we can't really... No. We can't get everything into one track that we can pedal up to the top of enough times to get enough data. Uh, but. And have you spent quite a lot of time on a 29? Like, you know, some people might complain about the odd buzz on, on the backside with a with a tyre, but I used to get them on a 26. You make the most, you, yeah, you move as much as you can move, right? Yeah, so... Yeah, you're not touching. You're not trying. (laughs) I'm not obviously not trying. I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. All right. I think we should wrap it up there for today. We need to go and get ourselves some food and get set up for tomorrow. But yeah, it's going to be a really interesting day. It's already been really interesting to to ride three sort of identical but very different bikes purely based on the way they feel dynamically because of that wheel size. So yeah, thanks for coming out and riding with me today and uh, providing your thoughts and thanks for being invited nice uh changing routine yeah a bit different isn't it cool nice one cheers 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 all right we are back at the forest of dean uh sat outside around a picnic table last time i tried this the rain came and uh nearly wrecked all the kit it's getting darker <laughs> the sky is getting darker let's see what happens so we've just spent um I guess two thirds of a day on the hill. We have done 11 runs. Yeah, 11 runs. Yeah. So the uh, first run was uh, I put the timing out. You guys got some times. Last run, I brought the time back in, but you guys got some times. Um, so all of us have done nine timed runs and you guys have got 11. Um, safe to say, I think it took us a, a run or two to get into it this morning, huh? Yeah, I think. The, the way in which you decided that we do the runs in terms of um, two runs each bike and then rotate round each and then we do a run at the end was probably the fairest because I think the first rotation we all took a bit of time to kind of find our speed again. Yeah, yeah I was still picking up a couple of lines there as well. So was- yeah, you made a big kind of step change improvement after your first run, didn't you? Once we told you where to go. Yeah. <laughs> We'll talk a little bit about that because I think you mentioned out on the trail you've not really picked a trail apart like that before. How was that as an experience? It was great. Um, Yeah, I've done some sessioning of various sections but never really spent that long analysing exactly what the options were. Um, And some of them aren't immediately obvious. You know, going over rougher, rootier sections to end up with a a smoother radius around the, the corner isn't... Yeah, it doesn't necessarily immediately jump out, but when you spend that time, you know, really analysing and then walking back up helped as well. But also riding with two more experienced riders who who were used to to picking parts, uh, picking a path through, you know, the, the corners. That was really useful. Yeah, it was super interesting actually. It's good to have you on board, Johnny, with the kind of race mentality of line selection and stuff. You mean the cheating lines, as you described? <laughs> yeah, the, the Strava lines. Almost cheating. Yeah, they were. They were. <laughs> close enough to the main line that they weren't i think your comment was there's no tape that's not cheating <laughs> so i didn't miss a gate like certain other people <laughs> well let's let's talk through kind of how the day went then so yeah we did we kind of did a warm-up run basically which was to put the timing out then we all did two runs on one bike two runs on the next bike two runs on another bike and then we did one run on each of the bikes when we're in theory at our fastest knowing the track the best um, which I think was probably a reasonably good way to to play out. So James, you started off on the two seven five bike, 
um, and you were putting in around 46, 45 second times there, which was a mass, you know, big improvement from your first one. But like you said, some line changes that, that helped in that. And then the consistency started to come kind of later in the morning. How, what's your opinion on the 275 bike now after having some good time on it today and actually putting it against the clock? Still really like it as a bike. Um, it is definitely busier. There's definitely more going on. The top section of the track is relatively deep ruts and, and fairly rough. And that that really highlighted how much was going on on that bike, mm-hmm. on the front end particularly, just very, very busy. But ultimately, the, the times were pretty good. Um, it... For, for me, the progression through today was all about confidence and it was confidence in knowing the track and the lines, but also confidence that I was getting back from the bike to be able to start pushing myself a bit more. Uh-huh. And this 27.5 probably gave me the least confidence. But yeah. having said that, you know, I still got some good times and still very much enjoyed pushing it harder. So, yeah, um, definitely more nimble around some of the tighter stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you went, you went from the 275 onto the mullet. Mm-hmm. You put down a 43.2 and a 44.79 on the mullet. So, again, improvement, uh, you know, decent, a decent chunk faster. Did it feel faster? It did. I mean, the front end just feels like it's got more grip on the mullet compared to the 27.5 and just felt like I was, yeah, I was just happier to push it and, and chuck it into the corner without, you know, wondering what was going to happen um yeah again it just it's come comes back to that confidence thing it's just it just late allowed me to to just push myself a bit more yeah 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 and then you're on to the 29 um two runs on that 43 4 1 and a 43 8 3 so you actually didn't match at this point in the day your current fastest time on the mullet why <laughs> like how did the 29er feel and why do you think the time shook out like that 29 I felt even more stable even more uh, like it was looking after me a little bit um, the times weren't there because of mistakes that I made one line choice I just missed the uh, the correct line and another one I um, not entirely sure what happened to be honest but <laughs> I was definitely not on the right part of the track um, so I don't think those times are necessarily representative of how I was feeling on the bike I think the 29 uh, it it, like we discussed yesterday it feels a little bit numb but it definitely looks after you you, you definitely feel I, I was getting a lot of confidence from that bike just to let it run yeah um, yeah cool and then you went your your kind of one runs on the the bikes at the end you did the 275 first and you lay down a 43.01 which at that point was your fastest time of the day uh, what do you think's going on? Is this a progression in time because you're getting better on the on the track? Is it you're just kind of getting into tune with all the bikes? What what's happening in you? Bit of everything, I suspect. What was nice was on my last three runs, so one run on each bike. None of those runs had a, a significant mistake, okay. which was great because I could see a you know a bit of a comparison of how I was feeling on the bike. Um, definitely, you know, knew the track better. Was happier to to push it and that progression in time you know that was my best time as you said at that point but mm-hmm. that was really because I was confident uh, it was confident on on the line choice and 
and didn't make any mistakes. Yeah, interesting. And then you went on to Mullet to do a 42.45, your fastest time at that point, and then on to the 29er to do a 41.08, which is your fastest time of the day. And I guess you could say at that point, well, maybe this is just because you've been getting gradually quicker and, mm. and learning throughout the day, which there's definitely an element of that, I think, more so for you than yeah, the rest absolutely. of us because of the, the understanding and the like how in tune you've got with that trail. But then we did a, a clean down run where I brought the timing down, but you guys put a time in and you did that on the mullet and did a 42.26, which is you know slightly quicker than your earlier mullet time but not as quick as your as your max pace on the 29er so 29er turned out to be the fastest bike for you but it's it's i mean it's fairly close it's a what is it just over a second for you between mullet and 29er and then maybe another second back just a bit less than a second back to 275 given all of that data and the amount of time you've now spent on the three bikes is there a favorite and and why? I think if I was to take one bike home today, it would probably be the mullet, just because it's got that balance of security of the front end grip, but just a little bit more playful. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, with my riding ability, I, I feel that I can push myself more on that. And I'm sort of, I could get a bit lazy on the 29er. I okay. Think. Um, just let the bike do the work a little bit. I think that the mullet was a really nice balance of lots of feedback, you know, nice whippy rear end, you know, through the corners, but just that added grip from the, and, and confidence from the, the front end. So that, yeah. would, that would be where I go, I think. Interesting. All right, Johnny. Plus it had a cool sticker on the down tube. So. <laughs> Johnny, we'll move on to you. Um, you started the day on the 29er. Um First run we've kind of we had we discounted hadn't we because it was a slow getting into it not on pace run but for people to know it's a thirty five eight nine. Um, then your next two runs were done on the twenty nine er. Oh, that's a loud hub. Yeah, what's <laughs> um, Your next two runs were on the twenty nine er, thirty three five eight and a thirty two five three. How did that feel? It felt good. It was. I think part of it was getting back into into the track and getting used to um, putting down those like trying to put down a consistently fast run without any mistakes and um, and at that point I was I was kind of like yeah yeah this is good this is good yeah yeah you know I think that's those are quick times yeah okay you moved from there to the 275 bike and uh, <laughs> First of all, tell us how those runs felt because I mean you were you were definitely pushing. Yeah, I think you know we talked about this whole kind of testing process, um, you know, this morning in terms of you know how do you approach this testing? Do you try and put in consistent runs um, across all three bikes, or do you try to kind of like not push the hardest hardest, but push as hard as you can consistently? to get the best out of each bike mm -hmm. and for me that's my approach because i think trying to ride in a in a consistent manner across all three bikes um it, was, it would have been too easy for me to introduce my own bias in terms of uh, i think that you know the smaller wheels are going to be slower yeah whereas if i'm pushing on a bit and just trying to do the best i can on a given bike 
um, I th- you know, I think that will give me the better representation of each bike. Yeah. And there's some benefits to the ind- individual characteristics of each bike. Yeah. So having said that, I got on the 275, not expecting to be quicker. Um, and I think I was quicker, wasn't I? Yeah, it was at 32.18 at that point in the day was your fastest time, your second run on the 275. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was a bit, a little bit shocked. But also it was a, a hard, you know, I, I was having to maybe not work harder, but it felt more ragged. Mm-hmm. I felt more closer to the edge than I did on the 29er. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, there was a certain, you, you know, I think we, we figured out by the end of the day that there was a certain corner that lent itself to the the, the wheel sizes. Yeah. Um, well, talk, to, talk to us about that corner and why you think the T75 was so good there. So it was, you know, it, it was a left-hander and you came down into it and it was slightly greater than 90 degrees. So you, you were coming back on yourself and the the majority of the turn was happening on the flat and then there was an ever so slight rise. Mm-hmm. And you really had to lean the bike in. There was, a, there was a, enough of a ledge to be able to lean the bike in a lot. Um, but it was a very quick transition from, um, you know, it wasn't a case of you could set nicely up for it and then slowly lean the bike over. You, you were in straight and then you had to really lean over and whip round. Yeah. And it was a lot easier to do that on the smaller wheels. Yeah. I could get out of that that single corner more consistently on this on the 275. And, you know, once we kind of figured this out, you know, it gave me something else to work towards on the others. And I had to be, for instance, on the 29er later on, I had to be a lot, feel to be a lot more aggressive in that corner mm-hmm. to, to kind of get the same response. Yeah. And it was very obvious as well, because your exit speed was sort of magnified by the fact that you had to put a couple of pedal strokes in to get out over the little sort of crest into the next section. Yeah. And, you know, you were carrying speed into a reasonably long straight as well. So it was a... It was a corner that could make a, re- a reasonable amount of difference, I think, to and the track time. And it was the, s- the slowest part of the track. So, yeah. you know, you, it, that could mag- any mistake there or slowness would would magnify just because of the, the speed you were going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, at that point in the day, fastest on the 275. You then went on to the mullet um, and managed to drop into the 31s. Pretty consistent at this point. 31, 4, 5, 30, sorry, 31, 4, 5, 31, 2, 5, back to back on the mullet. Um, that 31.25 was your third fastest run of the day. Um, thoughts about the mullet? Just dead easy to put in consistent runs. Um, in hindsight, more so than the 29er. You know, I think it was... it was, I, I could just do it very consistently. And it was, you know, that that corner we were just talking about, it, you know, it wasn't as easy as the 275, but it was easier than the 29er. Yeah, um, and it was it was just a very easy bike to get on and put, be consistent. Yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were all f- like, they were all fun. I had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> I can't like, you know, the two seven five was rowdier and and you know, to ride it in a consistent manner would would be harder. You know, if I did ten runs on each bike, I think there would be a greater variation in the runs in the times for the two seven five than the than the 29 and the mullet uh-huh. it'd be interesting I, you know I, th- I think actually I might be more consistent on the mullet okay 
Yeah, that is interesting. So then you went on to the 29er, did a 31.56. did a 31.62. So dropping into the 31s on the 275s, just showing like quite how capable that bike is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then your last two runs, you did your second fastest time on the mullet, 31.18, and then your fastest time of the day on the 29, 30.84. Think you were you were starting to feel the pressure to to like get that time that you felt was there in the 29 out of it i wanted to get that representative time that i that, that i'd already put in on the other two bikes yeah and i'd had um a, a, the odd run with a mistake with a mistake on the 29er so it, i wanted to make sure that i you know and if, if that had been that time had actually been slower i'd have been fine because that run was what i would consider to be a a good run yeah um but it was quicker but you know i had i had to work at it yeah 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 more than more than i had to work on the mother okay that's interesting what can you explain what the work was the work was throwing around the, the two bigger wheels as opposed to let's say one and a half bigger wheels yeah, yeah. than than the mullet obviously yeah, yeah. um so there's there was a couple of you know fast S turns which you know felt quicker on them on the mullet mm -hmm. partly because you know I think we discussed yesterday I could feel like I was ever so slightly more in the bike than on, on top of the bike yeah and and that that flattish corner I had to really focus on getting it lent over and it you know getting a 29 lent over very quickly is think you're going to fall over <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's interesting i hadn't really thought about that corner but it is you're right it's that transition into it like there's no you're not you don't ease your way into that turn you literally have to chuck it right down yeah, and it's like, let and trust the grip yeah which yeah. it's got but it's not as eager to get round. no for sure you know you you hold a wheel in your hands and you spill it uh, spin it and you feel the gyroscopic effect and you try and turn that over yeah you know 90 degrees and you do that with a smaller wheel and it's easier yeah so yeah, yeah 100 percent require more force it's just physics johnny just physics <laughs> well i'd talk through my experience for the day so i started on the mullet uh put down a 3498 um and then a 3389 um which i was pretty happy with those runs they felt all right at that point in the day went on to the 29er and put down a 3427 first run which kind of surprised me that it wasn't as fast as my mullet run because it felt I didn't feel like I'd made any mistakes and it felt it felt very easy, calm, controlled. Um, as with every run on that bike, just felt like I had a bit more time to think. Like things weren't, didn't feel like they were happening as quickly, certainly compared to the 275 bike where I felt like sometimes I was, like my brain was buffering trying to deal with everything that was going on with the bike. Um, I then moved on to the... Um, 275 bike and scared myself i think you guys heard me in the first couple of turns <laughs> whooping and uh getting a bit carried away it, it got pretty loose and uh i i did i did make a bit of a mess at the top of the track i think i got my head into it towards the bottom and did but you know 35 52 which is a long way off and i wasn't sure whether i could better that but i sort of had a feeling that there was more to to be had um so i put in a 34 49 next run on the 275 which i was pretty happy with um yeah definitely more going on definitely feels like things are happening quicker but the more i rode that bike the more comfortable i started to get with that 
and the more I realized what you could get away with on it um surprised me so talk a bit more about that in a sec then went back onto the the three bikes to do the last run on each so I did I rode the mullet and did uh, my third fastest time in the day on a 33.18 so just a little bit slower than my previous fastest 29er time I then went on to the 29er and did a 32.72 which is my fastest time of the day I made an error at the top of the track not a big one but I feel like it's probably another couple of tenths to be had out of that time and it does, yeah, it just quietens everything down. It gives you time to think. Um, yeah. But then the mullet on that run, that 33.18, which is the third fastest time of the day, I did make quite a big mistake at the top where I ended up kind of two inside coming into a turn. But there's something about that mullet that I feel like I've got the most confidence on that bike to get myself out of a mistake. So I could, I was happy to just even though I was offline to throw it into the turn and trust that the front would stick and the back would just slide, slap the turn and I'd come out of it, which is what happened. And I didn't, I don't feel that level of confidence on either the 29er or the 275 in kind of getting out of trouble. I feel like the 29er, if you get offline or make a mistake, you've got a bit of sort of manhandling to do. It's a big thing to get back where you want it. And it carries a lot of momentum. Um, and then the 275, like you said, we said it's busy. Um, so, yeah, fastest time of the day, 32.72. And then went on to 275 for my last run and put in a 33.50, which is my fastest time on that bike. And I was what I found interesting was the more I rode that, the more comfortable I got with what it was doing. And actually, there was a, there was a section, like a straight, where we were taking a high line over some kind of root balls into a right-hand turn to kind of open the turn up. And um, I actually feel like my smoothest run into that turn all day was on that was that one on the two seven five because I actually made like a little double double out of the two chunks of roots coming in, so I wasn't like bouncing around over stuff. And I think that bike is just really easy to find downsides and to to make those downsides work for you and to kind of position the bike to some extent. Like this is something other people have talked about and. I, not, I can't. I don't think I can quite get my head around it, but it, I f the smaller wheels are easier to locate to sort of push into a downside to to get the most energy out of a jump or a little downside on the track. I don't know if either of you guys had. Yeah, nimbleness. Just it's absolutely. You just it's less effort to to move around, isn't it? Whereas the twenty nine er, as you say, once it's on a trajectory, yeah, it, it's. Um, yeah, a big effort to move it from that. For sure. Johnny, you're puzzling. I just felt really ragged on it. Yeah, like it was, you looked ragged. I mean, I don't yeah. mean that in a bad way, but mm. you looked the most out of control on that bike. And that's no, not your I'm style not generally. control, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've got video evidence. I'm not sure. It was, um, it was, it was, it was probably the, the bike I was, um, I was actually most impressed by. Yeah, yeah. Because I did not expect it to be as good as it was. Yeah. And I think that says more to the geometry of the bikes than the nuance of the wheel size. Yeah. So whilst it it did feel busier and you know it you know it did require some some effort, I I was really impressed. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Moving I, from one bike to another as well, it, it, 
there was no great reset needed, was there, in, in the way you were riding it? It was all quite natural. Yeah, I think once we got to grips with the trail completely, you could switch between bikes and put in a, yeah. like, straight away put in your best run on that mm. bike, plus minus the odd mistake. But yeah. but I think, as I said earlier, I think I couldn't be as consistent on that bike. Yeah, you're more likely to make was, a mistake that's going to throw you off. I yeah, think. I was pushing quite hard on it and... It was, I felt as a, I was at the limit, definitely at the limit of that bike. Yeah. Whereas, I th- you know, I think I was close, close, reasonably close to the limit on the 29er. I st- you know, I went in the back of my head now that I, st- I still think I've got some more in the mullet. Interesting. Yeah, I'd like to, I would like to do more. <laughs> my legs still <laughs> my, work. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think the 29er definitely feels less involved, less engaging. Like, it's an easier bike to ride quick, I think in that it just it does stuff for you it rolls over things yeah it's harder to get into some turns depending on the style of the turn but i i do think it it, it is fair to say it is not as much fun to ride as the other two as the mullet and the 275 but i could but i can put the 29 at wherever i want yeah and it'll stick yeah whereas you know all the lines i figured out i done i did on the 29 basically yesterday yeah and you know, I had to work hard to get the two seven five into those lines. So the the times were, you know, requ- it required the e- extra effort to to get that bike in those positions. Whereas the other two, it was it was very straightforward to get the bikes where I need them to be. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And then I think the the mullet for me is the most confidence inspiring bike. Like I just feel like I could do make it do whatever I want it to do within re, within my kind of skill uh, repertoire. I found yeah, found it really. It, it I feel like it flatters the rider, makes you feel good. Yeah. And then the two seven five, I just grew to like more and more throughout the day. I think I initially I was like, oh, I've got to ride this thing fast again. I'm a bit scared of it, but every run was just really rewarding on it. I did I did really enjoy it. Um, but I, I do think it's a different kind of fun. It's like a ragged, Larry sort of fun. I think on bike park, berms and those sort of trails, it's probably the best bike. Yeah. Um, you'd have more fun on it. You'd probably be as quick or maybe slightly quicker on it in certain trails and certain tracks if it's like that bike parky style stuff. For a big day out in the mountains on, on like gnarly trails, 29er, I think. It's going to be faster. It's going to look after you and... You definitely there's less fatigue. You're not getting uh, yeah. rattled around as much. But I think, uh, and this is the thing. I don't. I don't know how to test it, but I'd be really intrigued by it. I think over a day of enduro racing, as long as I was fit enough, I think I'd probably perform better on the mullet because my head would be in a better place because the bike makes me feel good, and I think I can recover mistakes easier on it than on the other two bikes. Yeah. It for me, that's where I think I'd end up. But that's one trail. Mm-hmm. That's three riders that are all a fairly similar weight, fairly similar height. Um, and it would be intriguing to see if that data changed much. I think you could pick trails that would flatter one bike over the other. Yeah, definitely. Um, but broadly speaking, I think the trail we found has quite a lot of different sections in it. I think there were areas, certainly towards the top and in that flat turn where the 275 was probably faster or has the potential to be faster. And there was other areas where the, the 29er was more capable and, you know, it 
it kept things in line for you. And then, like you say, the mullet somewhere in between. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a compromise, but it's a good compromise, I think. Yeah. Interesting. So, where do we go from there? Like, be happy with any of them, really, wouldn't you? But you had to pick one. Yeah, I think I would. I would happily ride any of those three bikes. I'm. Yeah, the one that surprised me the most, the two seven five, is it's fun and it's actually really capable, and you can get it very close on that track anyway, very close to the others. And I think on most tracks, you'd probably be able to get it pretty close. Yeah. What about you, Johnny? If you're, if I was doing, if I was doing Trans-Provence, I'd probably go 29er because yeah. of um, how forgiving it was. Yeah. And riding blind, it, it, that, that element of how forgiving it is, it would be a major plus. For my day-to-day riding, I'd probably go. I'd actually probably go mullet. Um, and if and you know, I, I was thinking like, what if I was like we were racing Bobby Bash again? Yeah. And I think the mullet would suit that really well because, in you, you know, I might not have put down my ultimate fast, fastest time and on it, but I think I was more consistent on on the mullet. Mullet, I could I could easily put in that you know that. 31.2 to 31.6 type of time yeah very easily whereas I, I think on the other two I did have to work slightly harder yeah so so you you currently ride full 29 mm-hmm. will your next bike be different oh, I don't know now um, <laughs> um I I think I definitely for for non e-bike I would probably Get something that definitely had the option to give me a a, a properly set up mallet. Yeah, I think that would suit me really well. And you know, I've got slightly shorter legs, so I, not that that was at, at all of an issue today. Yeah, agreed. Um, for knee bike, I'm not sure actually. I think um, it'd be cool to try. Yeah, definitely. James, you currently ride two seven five. Will yeah, your next, next bike be different? Would, I think the next one will have a twenty nine inch front wheel. Whether it does. On the rear as well, we'll uh, I'd see, but certainly from what we have been riding the last couple of days, that mullet has a really nice compromise of, of, of yeah, confidence but fun as well. Yeah, and I'm currently on a 29er, and I think I would I would ride either on my next bike, mullet or 29. I don't think I'm going to go back to 275. I like it; it's fun; it's a great bike. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't go back to 275. I was impressed with that with that bike, but it was. Um, it was too much noise for, for for the type of riding I want to do. And, yeah. Um, I I wouldn't want to be having to f- feel as if I was pushing it that close to the edge all the time to get a nice yeah. fast run. Yeah. I think for me, deep down, like I need to get over the fact that it isn't about the bike that's going to enable me to go the fastest. It's about the bike that I'm going to enjoy the most and that's still going to be pretty quick and maybe overall is going to be quicker just because it's going to make me feel good. And that for me would be the mullet out of the three. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the one that provides you with the better mental game yeah and if that's the mullet that's the mullet yeah but if I was going to bike parts all day every day I'd be happy with that 275 I think in fact I'd probably want the 275 yeah I found the um, that little jump flow trail we did I found the mullet the easiest to to, to, to go through the, all of that the, 20, the 29 and the 275 weren't as 
um, when it was easy. Any thoughts on why? Without getting into the whole centripetal force debate again, um, I don't really know. I don't have an answer. Okay. On that. <laughs> the mystery the continues. The mystery continues. Basically, they're all really good. Be honest with yourself about your riding, what you do the most, and what you're looking for. Is it about ultimate speed and comfort and ease? Is it about confidence? Is it about fun? Is it about agility? Is it about being able to whip round a turn and pick from the three? Because let's face it, they're all really good. Look, at the times were so tight across all three bikes. Yeah. So, you know, I think the whole wheel size debate has been maybe slightly blown out of proportion. And we're actually really lucky that we've got bikes that have uh, progress more on the geometry than they actually have and that's been hidden by this yeah debate. yeah yeah but whatever you've got ride it enjoy it have fun and yeah thanks to you guys for joining me for this thank you it's, yeah, it's been hard you. but you know i'm <laughs> willing to take that sacrifice for you chris <laughs> <laughs> thanks mate i've been great to be part of it nice one all right cheers boys cheers cheers All right, that's it for this episode, testing all three different wheel size options from the new Canyon Spectral family. I really hope you've enjoyed listening. I've done a bit more digging into the data since we recorded this episode, so I thought I'd share that with you. Unsurprisingly, Johnny was the most consistent rider of the day, and he was the most consistent on the mullet, which kind of backs up his feeling from the test. James was the most inconsistent, I guess, unsurprisingly, as he is the least experienced rider, and he was kind of building his speed a bit throughout the day. James was, however, most consistent on the mullet. I was most consistent on the 29er, but I did have less time runs due to putting out and collecting the timing equipment. And my first two time runs of the day were on the mullet. So perhaps I wasn't quite up to speed then. I'll let you make of that what you will, but it could be an indicator that although the 29er has the potential to be the fastest bike of the three, maybe the mullet is easier to ride fast more consistently. Something more for us all to puzzle over. A huge thanks to Canyon for supporting this episode and making it possible. If you want to get your hands on one of the new family of Spectrals, then they're in stock today as soon as the embargo lifts. And as a downtime listener, Canyon are kindly offering their bike guard system for free from now until midnight CET on the 16th of November on the new Spectral family, excluding the Spectral on and any outlet bikes. All you need to do is to use the code onefamily anytrail 21 That's all uppercase, one family, dash any trail, dash 21. All the terms and conditions of this offer can be found in the show notes for this episode over on downtimepodcast.com forward slash wheel size. These bikes are an absolute blast, really easy to get up to speed on and very well thought out and designed. If you're in the market for a new all-rounder, then I'd highly recommend you check them out. Don't forget that the first issue of Downtime EP is now available. We're super happy with how issue one has come together and the response from all our early bird subscribers has been incredible. So if you want to own this piece of mountain bike history, then head over to downtimepodcast.com forward slash EP now. All the links you need are in the show notes for this episode over on downtimepodcast.com. If you fancy representing the show, then you can get your hands on our full range of merch by heading over to downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop with all proceeds going to help improve the podcast. If you're still listening and you've got a bit of time, there's a few things you can do to help out. First, and most importantly, tell your rider mates about the podcast, because the more people who listen, the easier it is for me to keep this thing going. Share the episodes on your social media. It's an awesome way to spread the word and get a bit of buzz going around the episodes. And if you've still got a bit of time left, then a review on Apple Podcasts goes a long way too. All right, we're going to have another awesome episode coming up really soon. But until then, get out and ride. Bye.